The crash site would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we create, the Yagara and Turbal peoples. We also pay our respects to elders, past, present and emerging. Sovereignty was never ceded. Always was and always will be Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people's land. What is this? Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the podcast. Between realities right now, boys. <clears throat> and girls. Sorry. I knew you were going to do that. I knew you were going to say that. And friends. No, I fellow, think that's a Fellow humans. Cohort of the people in this Other particular ac- space right now. Fellow acquaintances. Mm. Humans. Entities. Polygraphs. Ex- Existentialismists. Mm. Sadists. Huh sentient life forms in which there is some resemblance of one another through this concept of a human form homo sapien sapiens venn diagram enthusiasts Mm. Mm. very nice people (laughs) amphibians (laughs) autopsies will be performed on all of us eventually (laughs) (laughs) autopsies are us autopsies are us we do your autopsies even if you don't want us to (laughs) <laughs> do you want topsies or bopsies? Bopsies or bopsies? I actually like this new layout. I feel like I can pay more attention yeah, it's to you nicer now. for us. It is. Dog, yeah. it is sort of in the, I can <laughs> sit in the It pit. is a bit of an awkward spot because you just spend most of your time being like this. Like, hey, guys. So, so then... <laughs> you guys are proper gross that, today. That was fucked. <laughs> That, that was like you like laid an egg in your shirt. Like, laid an I knew, egg. I knew it was like, gonna be a bad uh, one, but I didn't. I'm usually pretty proud of my burps, you know. Yeah. yeah. But but that one, that one hurt. It was like the amphibian. I mean, it's something. It's something when it gets quite frothy, mm. then it becomes embarrassing. But if yeah. it's just like a clean, like gust of the, air. Yeah, there's nothing oh. wrong with clean burps. There's something <laughs> wrong, wrong with, with frothy, frothy burps. burps. If you've got a frothy burp. <laughs> like the little if, mermaid. Yeah, if you had fucking break. Oh, if you've had a frothy burst. Our condolences. <laughs> oh, oh, no. <laughs> You're allowed to have whatever birth you want to have. Yeah, yeah. Which is kind of also not your decision, though. It's your mum's. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, but is it even hers? Hopefully. Hard <laughs> <laughs> to be like that. Cut. No. No, I meant like you just literally get to choose what type of birth it is. Well, mm. this week we also get seven, to choose seven. what topic we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> nice re-rail there. Put us back on track, please. Uh, ding ding, all aboard the Topic Express. We've got this train analogy is so loose and it's used throughout all of our episodes, yeah. but I'm, I'm a fan. Yeah, yeah I'm into so, Take my ticket, sir. Thanks. Admit one. Do you remember paper I'm tickets? I'm asleep, so yeah. I, don't, I don't have to pay. Flashback <laughs> episode, paper ticket. Flashback. <laughs> Wait, what did you say, man? Can I, what did you say? I was just saying that I was asleep, so I don't have to pay for my ticket. Oh, nice. Okay. That's how it I'm works. I'm faking it out. Yeah. That's how it works. Yeah, if you're you. asleep, you never need to buy a ticket. 
<laughs> so if you have narcolepsy, it's so bad that your life is broken. Yeah, yeah, you don't need to. Because, like, even even here, like, to get breakfast, I've got to give Zane a ticket. Yeah. Do you know yeah, how yeah. many free Q-Pack shows I've been to just because I threw them? <laughs> <laughs> Oh no, I'm just no. going in here for a nap. I, I don't need to pay for the ticket. Oh it's yeah, great. go Come through, up. go through. I've seen the show a million times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not really interested, yeah, I no. just need a nap and aircon. That's just a Christmas carol again. We've seen it yeah. it's not every year. Oh, that's Gina. They're our resident, our resident uh, of the season. Sleeper. Sleep in every show. Oh yeah, I'm the sleeper in residence. <laughs> sleeper in residence. You show up with like a nightgown. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like screwed. Eye mask. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Literally. Yeah, it's yeah. in the audience. Yeah. Brilliant. I think um, that we're on season two. Yes. <laughs> I think there's been there's been some um, not a clear decision made no, about whether we have seasons or whether we're just going to keep rolling through. Mm. But it does feel like a new era yeah the podcast and after the 10th mm. it does feel new yeah yeah, yeah. it's yes. that that idea of every every decade there's a new musical genre and this is our new musical genre <laughs> but that was the 90s and we're entering the 2000s oh can we go back <laughs> take me back the 2000s kind of suck okay sure um with 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 the, I have nothing to say to that. <laughs> okay. You just shut me down live on air. I said, can we? Yeah, but we can't. Okay, well then that's the answer. That's just the fun. We... Time only moves one direction. Can we agree on that? If we can't agree on whether we have a new season, we need oh, to right. agree that time only goes one direction. Well, I would argue. Time... <laughs> Time is a human construct. I would actually That's also exactly argue what that. I was I've, thinking. I'm also yeah, arguing see. the point I don't fully believe in. Agree to agree, am I right? Can we all agree that we shouldn't argue points that we don't believe in? Yeah, I think so. From a moral standpoint, yes. Or at least strive to not argue oh, yeah, yeah. points that we don't But, but then I would also argue that then sometimes <laughs> do we need to interrogate our own points of view from an alternate perspective just to see if our points totally. that we do believe in are actually valid but should that be born out of argument or like just comprehension of a different point of view yeah i feel like comprehension but sometimes sometimes you need arguments to give you that comprehension comprehension the kick. Yeah. yeah sometimes you need a kick kick in the tushy but i think this, the summary That's is this what point. Zane always says <laughs> this how to comprehend reality get a kick, kick in, in the tushy a book a book a short film and a book yeah, but like a coffee table book. Yeah, it's a coffee and it's table book. It's all pictures. It's, it's, it's pictures <laughs> of all the people throughout history who've got a cook, kick, kick in the tushy. A cook in the tushy. <laughs> a, a cook in the tushy. <laughs> it's, it's actually cook in the tushy. It's designed. I've designed a, a, a coffee table book that is designed to just sit on the coffee table and never be opened. It's actually, yeah. it's empty. Yeah, yeah. It's it's, it's a coffee it's table shut. book. It's it's called the coffee table book. It says that's it. Yeah, and the subtitle is. Kicks and the twishies. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if we're all being perfectly honest, a lot of coffee table books never get opened. Right. It's such an interesting genre of book, isn't mm, it? Mm. Right, but some of them are so beautiful. I love coffee table books. I'm actually right. all for them, but I don't know how utilised they are. Well, like they're in day-to-day life. Is it a genre? Okay, no, I've got an idea. <laughs> From now on, when I'm on public transport, I'm going to take a, a coffee table <laughs> book with me. <laughs> <laughs> it's big, and I'm going to open it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm, uh, it Just is like a... atlases. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Exactly. Someone leans over, yeah. they're like, uh, that's not Brisbane, mate. You're not looking at the right map. Do you know where you're going? 
and then you'll fall asleep and won't have to pay for a ticket. Exactly. It all comes full circle because the train only goes one direction. Time goes multiple directions. Exactly. But we're on a train for this conversation. So Zane, please take it away. Well, I mean, welcome to episode one of season two. (laughs) Or episode 11 if you don't abide by seasons. Up to you. Or... Episode one, if this is the first one you've listened to. Or episode four, if you've listened to three episodes before, but they might not have been in order. Yeah, yeah. Or, yeah, anything. (laughs) Anything Or or if you don't like the construct of numbers, just let this be an episode. Yeah. 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 This is an episode that we are all participating in. Yeah. And enjoying it. Yep. This is a shared episode. There was a question mark at the end of that. I did. No, no. We we did. You did make that audible. (laughs) I thought... Interesting. You you were talking about the two thousands, Tarek, mm. and I started to think about what the two thousands were like for me. Mm. And I thought, hey, that's probably when I started to think and develop the hobbies and interests that I have. That's awesome. What were yeah. you into? <laughs> <laughs> we're on script. As for those <laughs> listening, Zayd's had a script in mind and he's woven it in yeah. ever so brilliantly. <laughs> the topic for today is hobbies. But I love that you were like, you needed to get the key word in that was hobbies and then you were immediately just going to pass the buck. You weren't going to finish like <laughs> no. the idea of what hobbies. So what were the hobbies that you developed during yeah. the 2000s? Well, I definitely know now as well is that I love music. And I've always listened to music, been exposed to music from a very young age. Mm. Um, so that that would be like, I would classify as a hobby. But it's also something that I do professionally, right? Mm. But there's different ways of how I explore music. You can listen, create, perform, all sorts of things. But other than that, I'm also like into rock climbing, mm. which is a very recent hobby that I've formed as well. Um, sort of in my mid-20s, early mid-20s. So that was about. formed during the 2010s, kind of thing. Yep. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> so you followed the linear path of time. And you've jumped right out of the 2000s. Yeah, yeah. We're in the 2010s. You've got climbing. Tell us a little bit about how you got into climbing. Well, I mean, I always did sport. I was like into soccer when I was quite young. I've loved team environments. But then, I don't know, something just happened one day and I just was like not into the weekend soccer anymore and I think it got to a point where it was competitive and I just wasn't willing to make that jump but also just really quick tangent there's like all these great podcasts that Neil deGrasse Tyson does called Star Talk about like the meat the in-between of like psychology and um, science and human behavior sport and there's a really interesting topic recently that came out about um, when you're parenting a child like taking that step back and like letting them find their own pursuit of interest or love. <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, just side stage. One of our doors, cabinet doors just started to slowly open and said, said was, was, was grinning. I was a little bit scared <laughs> that someone else was going to join the podcast. <laughs> yeah, 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 but yeah. they haven't. So, yes. Neil deGrasse Tyson's episode. Yeah, so yeah. anyway, um, it's really interesting if you want to listen to that on how how important when we're, you know, growing up, like from sort of youth to adolescence, like the role that other people have in shaping our um, hobbies or our what, what we could turn into a career. 
Mm. And there's a very defined transitory stage between it being really fun and then, yeah, that sort of being diligent enough to stick on with something that becomes a bit more arduous Mm. while maintaining the mentality of, of it's fun, but also, I guess, yeah. Anyway, back, yeah, to, you can listen to that episode. It's got a whole lot of more information. Um, but I was just thinking about that when I realized that I think climbing for me is really like a nice integration for where I am in my life now of social life, um, physical, like mental well-being, spiritual even as well. But I think it's just a really easy, easily accessible sport. It's growing in popularity and is something that I'm now like part of a, a community and a culture that really resonates to who I am and allows me to like explore myself and express myself freely. So that's my experience with rock climbing so far in my early 20s. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I work at uh, Urban Climb in West End and there's like a, in Brisbane and also in Melbourne, there's just, they're indoor climbing gyms. That's sort of, I, I mean, I climbed outdoor to begin with and then it's like, oh, that's really cool. Uh, but then was sort of later on introduced to climbing. I was also <laughs> skating. I, I did a lot of skating, but I think for me, like the pain of skating was too much. And then I was doing both skating and climbing and climbing was more reward based immediately yeah, <laughs> and less painful. Um, but yeah, it's great to be able to work and be involved in the community at such like a close level. Mm. Um, and, and the gyms are like at world class, you know, like it's really such an honor to be a part of this, this scene in Brisbane. And we're also so close to some natural wonders as well. Yeah. Yeah. In terms yeah. of outdoor climbing. I know you've actually got a bit more outdoor climbing under your belt, Tarek. Yeah. I probably started in gyms and stuff and mm. like on school camps and things like that. And yeah. I never really stuck out to me, um, as like an extracurricular sporting thing, especially growing up. Mm. I played soccer as well and bits and bobs here and there. Um, couldn't stick with it or didn't find the right team. Mm. And then when you become a young adult, it's like, okay, well, fitness has to be a part of your well being and has to be a part of your daily routine. So where are you gonna find that? Mm. And I knew that I enjoyed sport more than I enjoyed working out, but I didn't necessarily have like a group of people or um, something to like go directly into. And then climbing kind of cropped back up and it's really cool because it can be solo or it can be in groups and it's really up to your mood and what you want to do. And then there's like indoor, outdoor and so many different types of climbing and Mm. it's definitely on a bit of a trend at the moment, but I definitely agree with the culture around it and the fact that you find such interesting people who climb. Like, that was probably the biggest, like, massive tick for me was, yes, this is something fun that I'm, like, moderately good at, but everyone that I meet who climbs is freaking awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, that was also just a massive plus for me. But, Mm. yeah, it's interesting how sport becomes, like, the main hobby that people focus on when raising children and stuff you know like i feel like sport is the first thing that's introduced as an extracurricular hobby that maybe your parents encourage you to do i don't did you you played um touch didn't you said no i played um i played a lot of sports so i grew up i played rugby union rugby league and afl 
Um, I also played like inter-school sports, which played a bit of everything. Yeah. Um, but AFL was like the sport that I played the most in. Um, won a premiership with my team, captained the team, um, sort of started to move up to that like slightly more competitive level where you're mm. sort of looking at, oh, do I want to pursue this as a career? And I was just like, no. Um, I just, I just fundamentally, because I just didn't love it enough to commit everything I wanted to do into it. And the community wasn't, it wasn't really my people. Like it's, it's yeah. very like, it can be a little bit toxic that, that like that environment of like these competitive sports teams, especially amongst like a bunch of young men. Um, and then at the same time I was balancing that with my other like main hobby and passion, which was theater. Mm. Yeah. And they like always coincided with like rehearsals would be on game days and stuff like that so it'd be like sometimes I remember when I first when I was trying to juggle the two I would like only be able to go to one footy training a week out of the two and then the other I'd probably have like a rehearsal or something and then I'd have to go play a a footy game in the morning get changed have a shower like so hot like like you get heat stroke like every second week because it's just so hot in in, like Queensland (laughs) And you get, like, your 12pm games, and it's just, like, you should not be Why? playing sport, like, at this time. And then I'd, like, and then i have rehearsals at two, mm. you know? And it's just, like, yeah. it, it was just, like, not, I was not able to balance the two of them. Um, but I'm really keen, because this week, we're, Zane's, Zane's part of the team, but we've got a team together to play AFL Nines, which yeah. is, like, one of my favourite things, because it's such a great way to, like, keep playing that, but not have the stakes of, like, contact, because... I was looking at playing again when I came back to Brisbane, but I just, like, couldn't make the commitment that's needed. Um, and there's just so much risk of injury mm. um, that I just can't afford at this point with what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. you're, you're about to make it. You're about to become really big. Yeah, because <laughs> I'm about to risk. become... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you can't risk injury. As, as like, a professional now, player. At the turning point of your creative yeah, career, that exactly. would be suicide. Exactly. Creatively. Yeah. Creatively, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I can't afford to get injured. So, playing sport. Were you like always um, doing theatre and stuff as extracurricular? Like, how early did that kind of start for you? Um, I started doing theatre when I was in primary school. I like did a couple of like weekend courses at Brisbane Arts Theatre, which is where I met you originally. Yeah. Um, yeah. and I did that for a couple of years, like three or four years, I think. And I was like, oh, I really like this. Um, and then through my school's programs, I was kind of like in this like young scholars program, which was sponsored by the Queensland Academies, mm. which is how I got introduced to Quacky, which is the school, mm. the high school I ended up going to. Mm. And I learned about like a lot of creative things. I did a lot of like, like early like stage theater sports and stuff. And I was like, hi, oh, I really love this. And then when I went to Col- um, Colvin Grove State College, I was sort of like super into the drama program. And I was like one of the only kids that was like, I really like drama. You were and that guy. I was like that guy. <laughs> but, but like, but I hated musicals. Like, oh. I hated musicals. Um, so I was also, I was like, every, every, all the other people who were like kind of into drama, like Loved were only musicals. into musicals. Yeah. But then like they had the like school musical and they kind of like put me in there because they knew how much I liked drama. But I was like, I can't sing, nor can I dance. I'm really into drama though. And they were like, okay, you can be like part of the chorus or whatever. But I remember, I remember this moment is like, we did the show and I got to meet all these older kids and meet all these people and we did, it was like glam a lot. Like it was like such a like, um, it's like a spoof version of like Camelot. Yeah. Oh, right, yeah. Okay. <laughs> right, right, um, right. It, it was like, honestly, it was the weirdest, I don't know, but it was great. It was great. Um, I had a lot of fun doing it. And I remember afterwards, like I remember that night of closing, um, 
uh, Believe by Sure came on and they were blasting it from the speakers and I'd never heard that song before. Yeah. Um, and I How was like... How did it go again? It's like... <laughs> you're making me sing. Um, it's like, do you believe in life love after love? Do, yeah, 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 do, yeah, do, yeah, exactly. Okay, yeah, that one. Um, and it was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it's like blasting, everyone's dancing. I was like, whoa, this You like, better edit it in right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's this like whole community of people like dancing on stage and we do the show and it's amazing. And then like, I think like one of my friends gave me some flowers, Aww. which was like really lovely. And then I had such a tiny little roll. I didn't even do anything. But then I got home and I like bawled my eyes out. Like, I cried Aww. in my room, and I was like, I'm so, like, this, like, community that got built. Mm. Um, and I was like, wow, I really love this. And then it was at that point that I got into Quacky. Mm. And I knew, and I wanted to do theatre there. That's and then such great timing. Yeah, literally. Mm. And then that started, and I went, okay, everything I thought I knew about theatre is totally wrong. Theatre is this totally other thing. <laughs> but then from there, it was, like, a just total love affair. Like it was like, I am so intrigued and interested in what this thing is and it's history and how it relates to humanity mm. and like into like what it allows us to do and the experiences that you can curate with it and the way that you can like touch your own soul, but then also like other people's souls. And like, I just had the best mentors and teachers and, and like colleagues through that process. And ever since then it's been like, that is the one thing that I'm just like absolutely in love with. Um, and I think then that spurred into all of my other creative pursuits. Mm. Yeah. But, it, but in a weird way, it's like, it's the team thing. Yes. Right. Yeah. It was, it was another version of a team because the issue I think with like playing footy was that you were a team on the field. Right. And I love that. I love mm. that. Like I love captaining my team. You know, and being like, all right, like, this is our strategies. This is what we do. And you get these plays and it's yeah. like, we all, like, we're in unison and we got this, like, kick to a mark, to a handball, to a kick, to a goal. And everyone's like, holy, like, we did that, <laughs> like, as a team, you know? And you, like, and, like, when everything's on the line and you, like, chase someone down and you tackle them <laughs> and they drop the ball and then you win the game. And it's like, holy, you know, like, the, the yeah. energy of that. But the issue was, is there wasn't anything deeper. In a yeah. lot of senses. Beyond the field. Yeah, beyond beyond that. Whereas, like, with the with theatre and, like, with the, those projects that I did throughout, sort of, like, my high school, it was just, like, these experiences where it was, like, we work together on this thing, we find unison, and we discover something creatively, but then it's also, like, I'm actually, like, changed by this process. Mm. And I'm connected to people in a way that, like, I'm, I'm deeply vulnerable with myself and with other people. Yeah. Also, theatre, like, has a really large physical component too yeah you know you're not only gaining all the benefits of the social component but like you have to be fit to yeah. perform in certain shows so that's great as well like I, th I think it's nice to think of like theater as like um being a team that, that you know instead of like having a field it's like life is the field mm. and you're sort of navigating through it as well and, and you have this network of people you can reach out to at any given point on a production and beyond that to to sort of you know figure things out or like just just explore yeah mm. yeah so did you um with your journey to finding theaters eh, mm. did you start with because you've been playing music from a really young age so then did that kind of transform into theater or hmm i've not thought about this to be honest well uh, i want an exact timeline <laughs> well i mean i started music in primary school right and I now know who helped me. Like, I'm good friends with who the teacher who set me up to play trombone. Shout out. 
And then um, that was, yeah, that was wait, no, 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 that was the name of the teacher. Shout out. Yeah, I, I know the teacher. Shout out. Shout out to Andrew Bell. Andrew Belly. Wait. What? Wait, I had a teacher at my school called Andrew Bell who was the music teacher. We had no connection to one another, but... There you go. Yeah. Probably the same Andrew Bell. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I hope he listens to this, but I probably... He probably I never won't. met Andrew Bell. Anyway. <laughs> um, I didn't start drama classes until grade eight. And to be honest, it was just fun because it was bang. You know, like most of the time. <laughs> you've ever played that, that game, the classic game everyone's in a circle <laughs> yeah. and I don't remember the rules exactly but it involves a lot of screaming bang and ducking and moving that's that's yeah. about all I remember great game anyway. great word too <laughs> yeah it is a great word oh things are yeah. all coming together but no I, I, I just remember I mean drama didn't it was very academic until like grade 11 right like you sort of learn the history of of stage shows and and this and that i never really like was interested in it too much until <laughs> grade 11 what was that nothing <laughs> i didn't mean to that's funny <laughs> grade 11 and we did we did oh no grade 10 we did a um like our first show as, as a cohort yeah or as, as a team you know i think it's just that that experience of bonding with people and everything coming together last minute and then you're like wow we did that you know it all oh it was so great it's definitely that interaction with other people that that got me really involved and then grade 11 grade 12 well i had my i had the same drama teacher through 8 to 12 mo biliao shout out um yeah and it was just really it was really lovely you know like i don't know i think every project from then from that grade 10 stage show was more interesting for me and you sort of like did the different aspects of it. And then just the opportunity through our last production was with Terranimo Theatre Company. Uh, with one of the, sorry, the, one of the co-founders of the company wrote an adaptation of um, Hans Christian Andersen's um, Nightingale, The Nightingale. Mm. And it was called Songbird, our production. So it was involved with that and that then sparked to, hey, because I was sort of a lot more involved in that production and sort of had the MC role. And it was, they sort of went, oh, you like, you seem pretty keen on this. So like, we're doing this show called Witchery. You should come audition for it or just like do this other part, which is then what in turn led me to meet Zet. Yeah. And we then did that production together. And I think, what was it, one more we worked on together after? Or was that it? I, think that might have been I don't her. think you guys have ever worked on anything since then. Yeah, no, I don't think so. Not either. even Pathos. No, 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 really. no, no. Or Raw. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, then, so then it just was that, and it was also just about Andrew, right? Yeah. And, and it was this external to school, extracurricular, I guess you could say, mm. group of people, you know? And, and it, was, it was my first interaction with outside of school, what, having a social group and a friendship mm. circle was like. Um, and then, yeah, since then, I haven't... I did, like, acting for, like, a few years, but then sort of got more interested in the behind-the-scenes, the production side of things, and being able to facilitate for other people. Mm. So that's my journey with theatre, 
Yeah. It's inter- yeah. Sorry, yeah, no, you go. Oh, no, it's interesting that all of us have flagged, like, one of the key things about hobbies and stuff for us is community. Mm-hmm. Like, it's this idea of, like, it's a space to actually connect with other people and bring people together mm-hmm. and to get to know people that you otherwise wouldn't know. And mm-hmm. I think that is, like, so, what's, what's so great about that. Mm-hmm. The other thing I would then question is, are there, do you have hobbies or things that are just for you? Yeah, because I feel like the transformation once you get to the age where you're meant to be an adult, you're meant to be making X amount of money or something, there is this new um, vibe around it where you kind of, you're dumb if you've just got a hobby, like you should, it should be a side hustle, you should be making money out of it somehow, or like there's, there's some, there's some way that you could be doing more with it. And if you're not doing more, if it's just for you, then it's kind of like not good enough, mm-hmm. which I think is really strange, mm. but yeah, it's, it's definitely an easy trap to fall into to think that it, everything has to be this extra source of income and that no. money is a main thing like to gain in life and not just experience yeah. or yeah i i had this thought really recently like and you know i'm in three bands that gig consistently and like i was looking forward to my week this week and i'm like i've got you know three rehearsals on and I was just looking forward to those days, you know, mm. and these, these things don't pay often, mm. but that's not even at the forefront of my thoughts when I'm doing these, these yeah. activities. Mm. So they're very much for myself, but within that is also these groups of people, mm. you know, and, and yeah, for sure. Like I, I think, yeah, bringing up that expectation, societal expectation, you should be doing more. Mm. You definitely like, you don't have to. I, 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 that's what I think. I mean, you, if you want to, you can, but yeah, having something for yourself is really important as well. I think there's more to gain if the focus is about learning something, you know, like, like really honing a craft and it's just about you and that task or you and that experience. And Mm. that's the main goal. And that's what you, that's your objective. That's what you want out of that activity Mm -hmm. instead of, I think it splits your brain a heap to be like, okay, well, how, okay, I like this thing and I need to get good at this thing, but I also need to be like good at marketing or good at this or know how to operate this app so I can do this, 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 this with it, you know? And I think it sucks the joy out of things a little bit more. And there's, there's also that weird kind of in between space when you have a nine to five and then you're working creatively, but your creative stuff, like you maybe want to look at moving it as full-time work, but mm-hmm. you, you're like, Oh, I'm not, I'm not good enough to make that jump. And I feel really bad for still having a nine to five and I should be getting paid completely for my creative work. And it's like, well, it actually kind of gives you more freedom to have a nine to five because then you can do whatever you, you can explore however you want with your creative work. You don't have to, meet certain metrics or be pandering to an audience to be making money. Like, it takes so much stress off it. I feel like we've even been discussing that as a company about what what we want to do. Like, we all have jobs outside of Crash as well. Mm-hmm. And I think that gives us more room to take the time to make Crash exactly what we want it to be. See, I... I definitely see where you're coming from, but I feel like the issue is, and this is something that I feel like I wrestle with a lot, is that what you do sacrifice though is time and energy. Yeah. Mm. Right? Is like, yeah, it's like it's like great to like 
have your bases covered and know you're like you've got the financial stability and stuff but then it's like man i get home from working my job and i'm like so exhausted mm. that i like can't like mm. you know like my, i'm not i'm not allocating my like best time and energy to my creative thing or like my creative practice and what i want to get out of it and so I think it's like then like it's kind of like wrestling with that balancing act of it of like okay like how much do I need to be financially stable and to have that and gain like professional experience yeah. to then like have that time and space for our creative stuff. Mm. But also then making a decision of like well what do I want my creative stuff to be because I do agree with that it's like there's, there's a difference between like like creative stuff where you're like I want to make this my career mm. right. Because also, or I, I want to just do this because I enjoy doing it, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Is it's like, okay, like, I mean, you're in three bands at the moment. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not like, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it's not like all three of those bands are going to be worldwide touring bands, you know? But that doesn't it's take not, away, that's yeah, not the objective, not that's not what they're there. for, you know? It's like, no, they're there because it's this experience, it's this community, it's this regular thing that you're a part of. It's a creative practice for you that gives you skill sets yeah. so that maybe if there was an opportunity later on, you've had this experience, okay. right? Yeah, because there's different components of like within a certain field as well, Yeah. right? There's different aspects of creativity and different outputs. Performing for a local community is totally different to producing music for like pop mm. to hit the charts, for example. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's it is it's just like a bit of a wrestling act because it is like well okay well then if I do want to make this if I do want to make money from my stuff well then you have to actually shift it has to become a priority mm. yeah I feel like this is what where we struggle a little bit mm. is it's actually really hard to like prioritize something like crash or the creative stuff that we're trying to do when we have so many other commitments that like fill allocated hours of your day mm. you know like and I think that's the but it's also about grabbing all of the experience um, from all of those other aspects and then bringing that to, like, for us, the main underlying thing, which is crash, mm. you know? And if we're not actually honing skills from other things and taking it slower, then you can also just kind of rush into something that Peter's at. You know, like most businesses fold within the first uh, year, two years kind of thing because... That there's not a baseline and I feel like you also need just like a baseline of experience and talent and not understand what you want to be executing on mm. as well. And I feel like sometimes a nine, within reason, a nine to five gives you the freedom to be able to do that. But of course, it's a balancing act and it depends mm. how much you need to just be stable financially at whatever level you want to be at. You know, like yeah. some people might only need two days a week worth of nine to five work. Some people need four. Like mm. it's all different. Mm. Yeah. I think also it's like all these things that you actually are doing with your time, like will inform your creative output as well. Mm. Just inherently. Because they're naturally life experiences, right? Yeah. And your creativity comes from the experiences that you have. Mm-hmm. And I feel like maybe that is more of the challenge of where where all of this comes down to, right? Mm. Is like, what do you do with your time? Mm. Yeah. Like everything you do in fundamentally kind of becomes a hobby, mm. right? Like your hobby can be scrolling on Instagram because mm. you do it every fucking day, yeah. you know, for hours. You know, you get that screen time thing. Like I got one the other day and it was like you spent two, hour, two hours and 40 minutes on, on your phone today. Mm. And like, not all of that was like social media or anything, but it was like, I was like, fuck, two hours and 40 minutes I had my phone open. Mm-hmm. Mm. 
Like, what the f- what was I doing? That's like three hours. I like, spend three to four hours on YouTube a week. Yeah. yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. Look, but you could be learning something from YouTube. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but, but then that becomes a hobby. Yeah. Right? It becomes it because totally you're totally ingrained. But in me. once again, it's like you're investing time in it. And so the question mm. has to come down to it's like, all right, how am I investing my time and energy? Yeah. Because I think also, like, the challenge then goes, like, sometimes a nine to five can be great if you can leave the work at work. Yeah. Right. Yeah. One of the, one of the things that sometimes I struggle with mm. is I'm working multiple jobs, and sometimes that work has to come home with me, mm-hmm. or that work doesn't have allocated hours. You know, it like shifts around. Mm. Um, in terms of like, it, I need a couple of hours here. I need stuff here, and then, you know, it doesn't having fit a that clear schedule. boundaries or clear um routine is hard. And I totally understand with the balancing act. I've always worked between. <laughs> two and four jobs at a time, right? Like since I started working at Kmart in high school. And because I also worked for a family business, that's Mm. my family business, when I was living at home, like work never stopped. Because you'd go home and then you'd talk to your parents who were also your bosses, but you're not in the same departments. And you're discussing, like it was Mm. literally 24 seven. And leaving was a major boundary. Yeah. I didn't, like they're lovely and I'd love to live there again. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> like moving out and yeah. having my own space that was completely separated from work was a really large boundary that I put. And mm. then a little while ago, um, when because we've been doing so much creative work as well. And then we've also discussed in earlier podcast boundaries for personal time as well. I tried to implement something where it was like, I'm only going to um, work monday to friday like i don't want to do any work on the weekends um and that worked for that period of time i think it's also about making sure that you're looking for where you can put the boundaries when possible Mm. and then sticking to that until it doesn't work and then figuring out the new ones yeah well i also think it's figuring out like it's like developing that self-awareness with yourself of like okay when how does this shift like i kind of look if i look at this year for myself um, and I think it probably resonates with what, with the craft side as well mm-hmm. is I think we have like periods where it's like, it's like, okay, we've got, we've, we've shifted priorities and, and yeah. availabilities so that we can go all in on something or work on something here, but then they've got to swing back, you know, like mm. this week I'm like focused on one of my jobs, mm. but it also just so happens that my other job starts back up this week again. Mm. Right. But it's like for the next three days, it's like, I can't focus on creative things because I have like like massive accountability to one of my jobs mm. that yeah. that I, I cannot afford to like mess up or be doing other stuff. Mm. But then it's like, but then I'm like looking at next week and I'm like, well, then things start to chill out a little bit. Can I then allocate some extra creative time there? So I'm still getting that fulfillment, mm. you know, mm. and, and that space. Yeah. Can I provide another perspective as well? Is where I'm at now is like, I have my paying daily bills, income job, which I also is the community and thing that I'm part of, so it's quite rewarding in many other regards. Mm. But outside of that, the thing I've always struggled with, but I'm pretty good at now, but is, is just taking on too many creative works or mm. projects, oh, yeah. right? Like that's, an, that's a whole another balancing act, right? Oh, Even yeah. outside of balancing what you know work you do, not creatively, but then also balancing what you, you, you put your time into creatively and what feels right in the moment. I think the great thing about Crash is like when we do need the time for something, like we'll put that time aside. Mm. Yeah. And it's worked really well. I wonder if we could do more of that. 
you know, in, in other in other sort of aspects as well. Mm. Yeah. Mm. It's actually really interesting to say that I went on a big hike this morning mm. and like one of my goals on that hike was to like sit down and do some journaling like out in nature away from like my traditional like weekly habitat just to get some space and clear my head because I yeah. feel like I've been really bogged down lately. Like I'm really just like a little overwhelmed with the amount of things that I've got going on. Mm. Um, and I was like, one of the things like the notes that I wrote in there is like, these are your tasks over the next 90 days you are not allowed to take on any more projects yeah like you cannot like <laughs> like like and 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 yeah. projects meetings like 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 you can catch up with friends but you can't be taking additional meetings to like i uh, to help other people to work on another project or consult on something because like it is just not it is not feasible and because then what happens is you just get this backlog of stuff that never gets completed mm. because you keep adding more like urgent tasks and you never actually get to the important ones yeah you I know think it's similar to the conversation we had a few podcasts ago about um whether we were list people or not and like pomodoris and everything mm. and how we were talking about you used to mm. write out your tasks daily but then you just add stuff as yeah. you finish stuff and it's definitely uh, an easy trap to fall into. I am a serial hobbyist. <laughs> so if I get an inch of spare time, I will start a task, but not necessarily complete one. Which mm. is, yeah, it's just ridiculous. It's not good for your mental health. Mm. Like you should, where you can, you should just be trying to focus on finishing something to the best of your abilities. I think yeah. that's the safest way to play it because then you get that feeling of accomplishment out of starting something instead of this like perpetual limbo. Mm. But even then as well, it's like that whole idea of like a creative thing being finalized. It's I like know. when do you yeah. decide yeah. that yeah. it's finished? Yeah. Or do you just put it out there? Yeah. Like, yeah. It's yeah. such a multifaceted. Or do you develop like rules of engagement for specific hobbies or creative things? You mm. know, it's like yeah. you go, okay, this is a creative task that is going to operate over two or three months. Like I'm, mm also yeah. directing a show at the moment and it's like I'm like okay like I'm not necessarily working on it like I'm not necessarily at the moment allocating time outside of rehearsal to work on it but those ideas are stewing in my head and like today on my walk I was like oh that's here's that's a conceptual idea for set mm. okay awesome let's flag that and that goes in here but I'm not like set needs to be done at this, or I need this done at this time apart from say specific deadlines from the producers that they're like yeah yeah yeah, should, yeah yeah like shit has to be done nothing here. needs to be done except for all of these yeah, yeah, yeah. dates <laughs> but, but but also like having that flexibility to go okay or like or like writing projects I have a bunch of projects that I really want to write but I'm like okay there's no deadline on these right now mm. though that when I have ideas or sort of thoughts in them I'll jot them down somewhere so I'm keeping mm -hmm. track of them but I'm not gonna like lock myself into like i need to do this amount of this at this certain, certain time and i think sometimes it's also about making space for your personal creative tasks to be just as important as collaborative ones that may or may not be paid i feel like a lot of the time if it's some kind of a solo work unless you are primarily a solo artist which i don't think any of us really are um we mostly work within collaborative teams mm -hmm. Um, then it just gets put on the back burner and put on the back burner and put mm. on the back burner until it's like, that's just as valid, you know? Like, you're just as good at doing something on your own as you are at doing something in a team. Mm. And I know it's easy to get swept up in other people's ideas and community, um, but, yeah, putting that time aside to, like, grow yourself creatively, yeah, 
it should it should be blocked out the same way that it gets blocked out for a show that you put on mm. with a cast of 12, you know? Yeah. It's are hard there, to do. Are there any new hobbies that we, in the next few months, want to um, instill? Is that the word that I'm thinking I'd of? I'd like to get a bit better at gardening. But mm. that's mostly, I feel like, yeah, that's mostly about, like, understanding plants and like what they need yeah. um i'm not i don't feel like i need to like, have like daily time set aside for it but i'd like to understand more about gardening mm. yeah cool mm. i feel like i said this in a previous episode but i've just started getting into drawing and stuff mm. and i want to keep i want to keep doing that i'm trying to do at least one drawing every day nice. and what i'm finding is it's like my favorite thing to do after a big day of work it's like because it's so immediate in the creative yeah. practice um and so and there's no stakes for it mm. so that's what i really enjoy about it it's like i feel like i've been creative every day but there's no like big stakes of like this needs to be something perfect or something like this it's a like mode of expression mm. Um, and other than that, I'm like trying not to take on any more hobbies yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because nice. I know I just, my time is like pretty, pretty yeah. tight. Yeah. Mm. I really want to record some more drums or just start recording drums. We can go film a drum right now. Yeah. Film a drum. Just film a, a drum. single drum. Let's put it in the middle of the living room and <laughs> let's investigate it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. that might be, that might be the time. <laughs> <laughs> There's not an episode without a technical difficulty. No, no exactly. That's what keeps us on our toes. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> We'd like to thank you for listening again. I hope that that made some sort of positive impact on what you think of your hobbies or your career, or at least you got something out of that, one little take home. But uh, Keep an eye out for next week because that's episode two or 12 or... Seven. We'll or eleven. Yeah, yeah, one of the many different. Or yeah, or eleven. <laughs> eleven would be the normal one. Why did I think oh, we twelve? <laughs> yeah, sick. I actually, now that you've talked about it, I like the idea of just adding the numbers yeah. until we get to like. We know. made yeah. a decision. Did we just Wait, make a decision? I think I. Oh uh, yeah, I just, yeah. Yeah, I think we did. But Wait, like, but then next week's would be twelve. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, it would be. We're just confusing yeah, ourselves. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, this was episode eleven. <laughs> we will. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Well, Mr. Glee, Clay.